Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Hello, my cosmic baddies. Welcome back to yet another episode of Cosmic RX Radio. I am your host and just pal along this crazy path we call life, Maddie Murphy. I hope you are doing freaking amazing today. And if you're not doing freaking amazing, I hope after listening to today's episode, maybe you remember, remember that you're the shit. Remember your magic. I hope that for you. Wow, we have, uh, this is our one month anniversary of doing the podcast. Yay. We're doing it. We're doing the damn thing. This is very cool. I know I talk a lot about, you know, imposter syndrome and how to overcome it and owning your bad bitch energy. Well, it's so cool because even doing this podcast and putting out things like this, it's truly like practicing what I'm preaching and posting of like overcoming all of those little things in your head that tell you like, no, don't do it. Why would you do that? No one needs that. You're not articulate enough to do that. So it's a celebration. It's a reclamation, y'all. I am here as a mirror to you. We are all showing up. We are taking up space and we are going after those big bad desires in hopes of changing the world making it a little brighter, a little lighter. And yeah, so before I get into the episode, I just want to remind us that on Mondays, we have the weekly energy report. I hope you've been liking those. That's just your astro rundown for the week ahead, your emotional weather. And then these episodes are your, like a weekly dose of cosmic coaching, rummaging around the old toolkit, finding the tips, techniques, strategies, resources that I use with my clients and my community in the hopes of up-leveling your life, of liberating yourself, of tapping into your infinite potential to be, do, or have anything that your heart and soul desires. And these episodes are just things to think about. These are, it's not about fixing yourself. It's about finding yourself, y'all, finding your true self. And today we're going to tap into some mindset tools. And I use the Zodiac season in my coaching as a way of staying in alignment, as a way of working with the natural seasons and cosmic rhythms and phases. And it's been really powerful for me and my clients over the past few years. So it is a privilege and a joy to be able to share that here. So today's mindset tool is going along with the Taurus season archetype and Taurus season energy. But if you are listening to this and it's not Taurus season. First of all, hello, how is the future? What's going on there? And secondly, there's still applicable tools and you can embody them, practice them whenever. And you can also look to where you have Taurus in your chart to understand how these tools may help unlock some gifts and superpowers in that area of your life. Okay. And I'll get more into you know, finding Taurus in your chart in next week's episode. And I think upon popular request, I may do a few episodes that are just dedicated to decoding your birth chart. Okay. I know a lot of you found us through our Cosmic RX birth chart decoder. So, you know, it kind of makes sense to talk about that. Before I get into today's episode, that's going to be about building worthiness and how to step into a next level of self-worth. I want to just thank you all for this amazing first month. I want to thank you for all of your supportive messages and DMs and your beautiful ratings and reviews that I so much appreciate. Oh my God. So many funny things. We talked all about Aries season and we talked about the mindset tools and the spiritual practices and some embodiment, sensuality work with Aries, just holistically things to just charge you up, get you in that high octave of Aries energy. And one of um, my community members was like, thank you for talking about Aries in a way that doesn't make me feel like I'm a hot cup of coffee that got spilled into someone's lap because that's how memes make me feel. I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. That's another reason we're doing this. I love how astrology has become so popular 
We love the memes. They make us laugh. But a lot of them, or a lot of the hot takes you see on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, if tum- does Tumblr still exist? They're just that. They're hot takes. They're, you know, either people are regurgitating things they heard that might not actually have the most resonance or truth to them, or people who are kind of making jokes and people are taking it as truth. So part of my intention with going through the zodiacal calendar is also highlighting the beautiful gifts of every zodiac sign so that we can understand how to live in that in that high frequency and that high consciousness of those signs. So Aries, you are not just a hot cup of coffee in someone's lap. You give us that bad bitch energy. And we're going to be building off of that in today's episode. I am so excited. If you haven't, definitely subscribe, leave a rating and review. We so appreciate it. Once a month, we're going to give away a Notes from Your Higher Self Oracle deck that are like little sassy text messages from your higher self to you. They're great for daily polls, for your moon rituals. So leave a rating and review and we will be pulling monthly someone to get one of those for free. I love free stuff. So uh, my last thing is a few of you have been asking about when is our community, our Cosmic Fit Club going to be opening. Audrey and I, my business partner, we are just working on setting up some structures and systems so that way it's you know super high integrity, super inclusive. We want it to be a great experience for everyone. And we are going to be opening enrollment, I would say, by like the early summer, late spring. So stay tuned for that. I'll announce it here. First, sign up for our email newsletter if you haven't. You can go to thecosmicrx.com, sign up for that. So anyway, people are asking, and I am going to touch upon why I love that community so much and why it's so important a little bit under these tools for today. So now let's get into what we're going to talk about, and then I'm going to pull one of your mailbag questions. But this month, as we go into tourist season, we're going to be covering the next step in your bad bitch evolution, okay? Because being a cosmic baddie, it's about growth. It's about evolving. And you know, your bad bitch energy is your starting point. Think about that as your base, your foundation, okay? And then we're using the Zodiac calendar as a wheel, as a wheel that guides your evolution and your revolution. And so after Aries season, that bad bitch has to tap into truly their inherent self-worth, okay? And we're going to be talking about worthiness, receptivity, pleasure, values. We're also going to be talking about grounding down and being in our body and slowing down and being present, which are really tourist season practices. We're going to talk about those next week. And of course, we're just going to talk about straight up how pleasure can be your power and some ways to honor that and practice that in your life, in especially in the bedroom. And we might even have a special guest for that. So stay tuned. So these are the things, the themes for the month. Today, we're going to start with, you know what, worthiness, because the Aries story is that bad bitch energy. How do you maintain that? How do you maintain that out of Aries season? If we look to others to acknowledge and validate that power that we tapped into then, we will feel empty sooner rather than later. When we get to realize that we have it within ourselves, we realize how much power we have. And we realize that when we have everything within us, it creates this grounded magnetism in which we naturally attract things to us and where we don't have to work on becoming valuable or proving that we're valuable. Our value is inherent to us and we understand what we bring to the table. We understand that who you are is a gift that you bring to the planet versus when you let others determine your worth and you feel like you're on some freaking crazy roller coaster that's gone off the rails. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Some of my tools to help build your worthiness. But first, I'm going to go to a mailbag question. I have so many of these Cosmic RX hotline questions from you all. I love hearing from you. It makes me feel like we're in this dialogue. You all are so sassy. Some of you are so weird and so cuckoo in the best way possible. Some of you are such cosmic baddies. Some of you are just on my level. I love this. I love hearing from you. If you want to go to the show notes, we have Cosmic RX hotline you can write into or you can leave a voice memo for me. And I want to start off, I'm kind of going to cheat today with my mailbag, okay? Because it's going to be a teaser 
for next week. So let's see, Trish from Canada. Hello, Canada. That's where my patrilineal line is from. My dad's family is uh, Irish Canadian. What's up to all my friends in Canada, especially shout out to Newfoundland right now. So Trish from Canada says, hi, Maddie, this podcast is everything. Thank you. So as some of us are awkwardly making our way through our spiritual awakenings, I don't resonate with that, and opening up to spirit guidance, etc. What advice do you have for us to stay grounded, especially as we leave this muggle, quote unquote, way of seeing the world and move into such woo-woo beliefs? Loving the stream of consciousness, Maddie, rumination episodes, keep them coming. Okay, so Trish, I want to say this is such a good question because I think when we begin our spiritual path, it's all about the fun, like out of body experience. We want to, you know, go into those crazy meditations. We want to astral project. We want to do ayahuasca. We want to have like mind blowing transcendental experiences. And we want to, you know, project way out into that like third eye or crown energy. But truly, what the world really needs us to do is stay grounded. As my friend Kalisa Augustine would say, stay grounded like a G, like grounded in our body, in our root. Not only is this going to uh, feel so much better for us and we're going to be so much more present in our bodies and so much more present to our pleasure and our power. It's also just sort of what we need to do to show up in the world. I think we all know that there are certain spiritual people who I think go off a little bit in those higher dimensions, higher realms, and they don't come back and they live sort of in a dream fantasy world. I'm all about living in a dream world from time to time. But the truth of the matter is we're here to be of service. We're here to connect with others. We're here to create, dismantle old systems and create better ones that are more equitable and fair and compassionate for everyone. And we can't really do that if we're floating off in the crown realm. So the modern, you know, cosmic baddie has to be grounded. And that's a big Taurus season principle. That's one of my Taurus season cosmic coaching tools. So Trish, you are so intuitive. You are so just picking up what I'm putting down. I'm going to answer your question with like a teaser. So I apologize for being this way, but hey, I can't help it. Tune in next week. We're going to have the Spirituality for Taurus season episode is going to be all about grounding, grounding in your body, grounding in your day to day. You know, what are the items and tools you can use to help you ground? And also we're going to talk about staying grounded in your discernment in who you trust as a spiritual leader, in who you decide to work with as a coach or teacher, because it's wild out there. And it's wild out there. And part of Taurus is staying in the body and staying clear and staying really discerning so you could show up. Taurus energy shows the fuck up. So tune in next week, Trish. I'm sorry, I'm being a little teased today, but I can't help it. So that's next week. Today, Let's get back to worthiness, okay? Let's jump in. We've seen all the stuff, the Instagram memes, the Pinterest pins, you know, about the importance of worthiness. I feel like this is, you know, why we kick off with this second sign to the Zodiac is because we can talk all about success and all about manifestation and all about evolution. And you could go to all the workshops in the world and get all the crystals and the planet and do all the things. But if you haven't addressed your worthiness or what I call your like, quote unquote, not enough story, you will constantly kind of back down from your upper limits. You will probably self-sabotage in some way. I'm going to break down why I don't love that word self-sabotage in a little bit, but let's just call it that for simplicity's sake now. You will like subconsciously block everything that's good and juicy and magical, like flowing to you, you will block that. Like that Heisman Trophy statue. Listen, I'm not a big sports person. My husband used to play football. So like, that's my football knowledge right there. But you know, there's that guy, he has his hand, I think like on his hip or kind of, <laughs> probably not. Every football player is like, no, 
his hand kind of to the side and other hand is straight out. Like that's your subconscious mind when you're trying to call in something beautiful and big in your life and you don't feel worthy of it. It's like, no, mm -mm, that feels scary. That feels scary to go that big. And, you know, this is something I know from whence I speak on this. I think the cool thing about worthiness is it affects us all. We all have our own not enough story. And I think somewhere along the way, like personally, I felt there was like something I just missed, some core thing in life, you know, growing up in some ways, very bubbly, confident child, lots of joy. My parents poured a lot of love in me. You know, I'm very grateful for them. But in other ways, just because it's part of being a freaking human, little things, you just gather little codes and little signals and little stories along the way. And sometimes I would go through my life feeling like I missed some core thing or I, you know, was asleep some day during class when we learned how to figure out life. And because of that, I kind of carried this deep core pain that like, I do not belong in this world. I don't deserve to take up space. And that sort of compounds on itself. And especially by the time I got to college, I just felt really lost, really confused, in a lot of pain, just uncomfortable in my own body, like just feeling like everyone was on a wavelength and I was not. Everyone was doing something together and I was not worthy of that joy, of that love, of that success. And, you know, it wasn't until two big things in my life that happened. One was falling in love with my husband, aka my life wizard, just forced me to step into a bigger realm of worthiness. I think I had a lot of good like surface level confidence. I could definitely fake it till I make it. But it was deeper. I think falling really in love with someone brings up the deeper things you need to look at. And then running my own businesses. Running my own businesses really forced me to look at this in a much deeper way. All the ways that I clearly did not think I was enough or did not think that I could do certain things or that I could have the permission to say no to certain things. So I think we all struggle with not thinking we're enough in one way or another. I've done a lot of deep research and investigation on like why, how this happens, how this forms in our brain. And then I think it was really reassuring for me to hear that a lot of people, especially really successful people that I admire feel this way. I heard someone on a podcast saying, like, did everyone get, like, guidelines and I didn't? Or just, like, you know, I felt like, you know, God was, like, stamping babies out the womb, worthy, not worthy, worthy, not worthy. And, uh, you know, it sounds a little silly, but it's something that we can really believe without even realizing we're believing it. So I do want to touch upon, like, just the background of, like, where does this worthiness deficit come from? Okay. I said I've done a lot of research on this and I have definitely studied an intersection of a lot of different modalities, mindset work, psychology work, shamanic work, energetic work, of like embodiment work. How do we get to the heart of like this pain and these blocks so we can transmute it? And the thing that I found over and over again is that we all have this not enough story. Some of us though, for some of us, it's debilitating. For some of us, it's much bigger than for others. And there are many different factors that go into it, okay, how much we internalize this. And the not enough story usually develops in childhood, surprise, surprise. And this is going to just, you know, piggyback off of a lot of what I talked about in Aries season around shame, around the things that we just absorb without realizing it. So if you haven't listened to that, you can go back, give it an old listen, come back here. But the factors of, you know, how we get here, our childhood, the things we experience, the things that we watch, how we watch our parents or primary caretakers, how we watch them interact with their own perceived level of worthiness, right? Like what will they and will and will not consent to our own like emotional attunement, how much we are given permission growing up to honor our feelings, to honor our needs and wants and desires and to advocate for them. Of course, there's just our our makeup, our astrology, our birth chart can, you know, show in some areas where we're more sensitive, where we may have some things that we come into this life to figure out. We can look at our Chiron for that. We can look at our moon to understand. And of course, I just also want to honor like the systemic things that can make us not feel worthy. Of course, like the more oppressed identities that we carry, the more we're going to internalize systemic oppression. 
because a lot of the world is set up to provide and place value and worthiness from this like white heteronormative especially like male privileged, okay? So the more oppressed identities we carry, the more we're going to feel the internalized sexism, racism, homophobia, whatever it is, it's telling us that we're not worthy just because of who we are, because we're a woman, because we're gay, um, you know, because we are trans, because we are a person of color. Like these things, we have to acknowledge this in the worthiness story. And I think it's left out of a lot of the conversations that I see happening online. And I just want to say, of course, our childhood affects us. Of course, our, you know, emotional nature affects this, but we cannot not take this into a factor, okay? Because you will forever be trying to rewrite your stories and doing your mindset work. But if we don't look at the cultural landscape, then it's a big piece of the puzzle missing. And we don't want that. So the other thing too that we want to acknowledge in this worthiness, this not enough story is our lineage. Epigenetics, I am not like... I, I guess I have to announce this. I am not like a DNA scientist. First and foremost, you probably know that because I think they're called geneticists. And why would I not be able to say that if I was one? Our lineage, epigenetics, I am so fascinated with this. I have listened to a bunch of podcasts on it and read some books. And it's something that people in the scientific field are taking more and more into consideration that you know, how we receive trauma influences our DNA and that we can pass that on. And there is such thing as inherited trauma, inherited conditions. And it's really important to name that and recognize that and honor that and connect into that and connect into our ancestors and what their struggles were and their stories. So that way we can begin to transmute that and expand this sense of feeling that we do indeed belong in this world. We belong in our bodies and that we're worthy of just being safe and being here and taking up space. Because for so many of us, that was not the case for our ancestors somewhere down the line, especially thinking about those oppressed identities, okay? For the women in our line, for the people in our line who didn't feel safe from their sexuality, for the people in our line who didn't feel safe because of the color of their skin, okay? I just want to kind of paint the picture of where the worthiness stories can come from, the not enough stories. There's so many things, but, you know, we start to create this. We start writing the story from a young age that we're not enough. And what happens is we kind of create a life that's shaped around that evidence to prove our point. Because if there's one thing we like, whether it's our conscious or subconscious mind, it's we like being right, damn it. It feels good, even when it really doesn't. Every rejection, every heartbreak, every moment of discomfort, every moment of being left out, laughed at, or bullied, every bad grade, every time we don't get that job, or no one comes to our party, or no one signs up for our program, it's like we're making a case against ourselves in a freaking courtroom. See, this all adds up and corroborates the to the evidence. And this is why we are guilty of not being enough. And we prove ourselves right over and over again. We point to the story and we internalize. And sometimes we take small things and make them really big. And sometimes we have these big, big traumas. And instead of looking at everything that happened on that trauma of the person who inflicted that trauma on us, we internalize that as something that we deserved. You know, while I am not trauma-informed, there are amazing licensed trauma-informed psychotherapists, somatic workers that you can go into if that is what you believe is the case. Any of the mindset work we talk about in this podcast if you have undergone a deep trauma in your life, we're going to talk about this in a moment, but I really invite you to find a guide for this process, okay? Because uncovering a lot of this can bring up a lot and it's just going, you're going to navigate it in a much safer way, in a much more stable way if you have someone holding that space for you, okay? So I'm going to get into the more of that in a moment, but I just had to say it as a disclaimer. So this story, <laughs> our not enough story, love it. We're so cute with our story, walking around, just like, hey, everyone, nope, don't don't try to sell me a different story. I got this story when I was like five that I am not enough. I am not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of money. I'm not worthy of just being here in my body and feeling good about it. 
And then, you know, a lot of times we're really not aware of the story. And I invite you to begin while listening to this podcast to think about some of the things that happen in your life. And you go, yep, I knew it. You don't get that job. Yep, I knew it. I'm not smart enough. You know, that person goes to, yep, I knew. I knew I was not worthy of love. Or, you know, your bank account gets overdrawn and you're like, oh, I knew I'm, I'm just not worthy of having money. Like, you don't maybe think that in such clear direct terms but yeah like that it's there it's underlying story okay the other thing that i want us to think about in the thing that goes hand in hand in the worthiness conversation is asking you do you minimize diminish or stuff down any of your emotions that goes back to what i was saying about you know how emotionally articulate were you allowed to be growing up? How attuned were you to your emotions? How safe did you feel in expressing them? Because if you grew up in a household where that wasn't safe, like something like, quote unquote, you know, boys don't cry or, you know, toughen up. Or if you grew up with like a narcissistic parent and it was all about them and you were not to have your own emotions. When we do this, we are telling ourselves that we're not worthy of feeling things. And when we do that, we kind of split ourselves into all these little pieces. And that leads us to feeling broken in some way, inadequate, or just missing something we can't put our finger on. And this journey back to worthiness is also our journey back to wholeness. And that's what we're going to talk about. And that's what we're going to talk about now is how to get back there. Some of my tools. I do love, you know, the Taurus archetype. Listen to the energy report for the week of the 19th and then the week after the 26th. I will be talking about the Taurus archetype in a little bit more detail, but I want us to think about why worthiness? Because Taurus is the second sign of the zodiac. It's all about our values, our self-worth. It's all about being our body. It's about permission to slow down and appreciate our inherent beauty and to explore what's pleasing, and to receive. And I love in the shamanic path, they say so many things about the Taurus archetype. One of them is about, it's about extending the moment and being in the moment for as long as possible and receivership as an art form and learning about just experiencing the beauty of the present moment and experiencing the beauty of how you are right now in this moment. And it's also about values. And it's about, yes, Taurus is about like money too. But the beginning part of a worthiness conversation is not about like physical money, currency, not just yet. We'll talk about that in future seasons, your zodiac seasons. But in the beginning, it's just about like cultivating your own inner values, your own self-worth and like feeling really resourced by yourself, fully resourced by yourself and the universe. And this is how you begin to really manifest or call in what you want or live the juicy life you deserve. Okay. So first things first, let's talk some tools here. Get your pen and paper out if you're paying attention. We're going into the tools for how to cultivate more self-love for tourist season through the lens of worthiness. So first things first is I want us to reframe. I said self-sabotage before because I didn't really think explaining this full breakdown, but bear with me here. Self-sabotage, we all know how it feels. So that's why I said it because we recognize what that feeling is when we're about to get, do, have, embody, receive the thing that we've wanted and desired for so long. And then we do something to fuck it all up. You know, we implode the relationship. We totally biff the job interview with biff a word we biff the job interview we you know are feeling good and healthy in our body and we do something to derail that so i just want us to think about at every level that we peel back of our not enough story we're exposing another really tender vulnerable part of ourselves in that tender vulnerable part of ourselves there's another part of ourselves that wants to protect us okay and wants to put a shield over that and doesn't want us to feel pain. Maybe that original pain we felt when we started writing the not enough story. So I just want us to reframe self-sabotage. What if that was actually self-protection? Okay. And just even in reframing this, 
we're shifting. Language is so important. OMG, language is so important. When we say self-sabotage, it is actually adding to the not enough story. (laughs) It's adding to the feeling of, you know, that we are constantly battling ourselves. And what if this is self-protection? What if that thing that you do that gets in your own way, what if that's a form of self-protection? I mean, I'm just going to keep saying it, but it's an invitation to not be at war with yourself. And it's also an invitation to be a little softer with yourself. And it's an invitation to think like, what is the part of me that I think needs protecting now? Probably a part of your inner child. You know, what do they need? What do they need to hear? Okay. So that's my first thing. The second tool goes right off of that because it's all about being soft, baby. Softness is strength. Okay. So I want you to Taurus energy, be a little bit more patient with yourself and be a little bit softer with yourself. I really think softness is one of the highest forms of self-love. Can you greet yourself with tenderness? Can you hold yourself like you're wrapping yourself in a cozy, plush, pink cashmere blanket of self-love? When you mess up, can you just be a little bit softer in your tone? Can you slow down a little bit? Can you allow yourself to just, mm, instead of immediately jumping on every emotion and, you know, categorizing them as good or bad, just hold space for everything that you're feeling and allowing yourself to feel the feelings. This is like a deep mindfulness practice and allowing your emotions to guide you and allowing them to be information but they don't need to be the truth end all be all, okay? Like the emotions can show you what's coming up, but they don't have to define you, okay, forever. They're just something that wants to move through you, emotion, energy, and motion. Can you allow yourself to just feel that soft, receive it? You ever like catch something, one of those egg toss catches, you know, when you're like little, like a field day, and if you just catch the egg and you're standing there firm and you like, it'll smack against you and crack, right? But like the tip with an egg toss, and if you don't know this, you're welcome for this really valuable life tip. The tip to winning and crushing the egg toss competition is to like bend your knees and catch that egg softly, right? Like lean into the impact of it. Like, you know, athletic stance, be soft in that catching, make a basket with your hands. That's the same way we begin to cultivate our own worthiness is I'm worthy of feeling that emotion. I'm not going to resist it, bottle it, shove it down. And I'm also going to allow myself to be soft with that emotion and see what's coming up and nurturing ourselves. Remothering is a fantastic term that I love and many people speak on and teach on in greater depth. But it's like Marie talking to your inner child. What did they need in a moment when they first felt that? And like, it's a little bit of playing cosmic detective of like, okay, if this is a pattern, if this is a story that comes up a lot for me, when was the beginning? When did this first come up? When can I sense into my younger self and try and like get back to that space and then begin the process of what did they need? Did they need to be able to cry in that moment and just wail it out? Maybe they needed to feel anger in that moment. I know for a lot of us, we didn't really have permission to express anger in a healthy way. I remember getting a temper tantrum in the grocery store and yeah, like my mom shut that shit down so fast. And I just remember the look in her eyes and I felt like I disappointed her so much. And there's nothing she did wrong. She would just be my mom. She's probably like, you know, get your shit together in the grocery store. And another time, oh, why am I airing my dirty laundry? But I bit someone in, in my preschool. And I remember it so clearly. I remember just getting really frustrated with someone. They were violating my boundaries over and over again. And I bit them. And yeah, that was not the healthiest form of expressing it. But I think we just teach children that it's not safe to be angry. And of the matter, the truth of the matter is that we do all feel anger. I felt anger that moment. My boundaries were crossed. And, you know, having an opportunity to guide me into what would have been a healthier form of self-advocating and expressing that little rage in my little five-year-old belly would have been like, hey, you did something wrong. So you're going to, you know, that's not cool. But also here's a healthier way to express that next time. 
instead, you know, many stories like that, I just kind of felt like, okay, it's never cool to express anger. It doesn't, it's not allowed. So just bottle it up, hold it in me, and bada bing, bada boom, that leads to an ongoing resentment to people. Where, where, how can you go back? And how can you now give that child what they needed? You know, do I need to allow myself to punch a pillow when I'm really angry or scream in my parked car? Absolutely, I do. So just know this, okay? And also honoring as part of this being kinder and softer with yourself, honoring your process, okay? Healing does not look the same for everyone. It's not linear. Can you just say, like, this is what it looks like and feels like for me today? This is what it looks like and feels like for me right now. Lean in and trust that. Let it be messy. Let yourself feel things that are uncomfortable. Just because you start a healing journey doesn't mean that you never go back to certain issues or that things just keep going up and up and up. It's not like that. It's not linear. That's fine to go backwards and forwards. It's actually good. The only thing that can make it unhealthy is that we resist it so much and we don't want to go back to feeling that thing. And then we bypass over our own emotions, over our own like core needs. Okay. So we're reframing self-sabotage as a recap. We're being kinder and softer with yourself from the many illustrations I just gave you, but especially with our emotions, right? I read one time like where there is rigidity, there's a wound. So I want you to think about being soft and healing those wounds with softness. And that helps me go right into tip number three, my tool number three. Oh, this is a big one. I want you to allow yourself to rest and receive. Okay, these are big Taurian principles. Taurus is ruled by Venus. I haven't mentioned that yet. I will on other podcasts. And Venus, Venusian energy is like receptivity. It's resting. It's honoring your phases and your cycles. And I don't have to tell you this, but we live in a society that is motherfucking addicted to productivity. Mm -mm. We are not robots or machines or factories we are not productive really have tried to actually release that word from my vocabulary over the last year in 2020 my cosmic boss mastermind group we were really like having an issue collectively with that word and we looked up the etymology of it and it was a word that didn't exist until the industrial revolution to talk about output of machines not humans we are not like these <laughs> machines that can just work all day, every day, like clockwork. We have kind of bought that myth that we can do that, or we should do that, or that's the only way that we're worthy of success, worthy of happiness. And again, going back to ancestral stories, you know, a lot of us, I come from, like I said, Irish Canadian background is, you know, my dad's side. And those newfies, those people from Newfoundland, they worked. They worked their asses off because if they didn't, they would starve. You know, they had a fish, a fish and fish to provide for their families. And they were out in brutal conditions and they worked their asses off. And there was a lot of like struggle in life then. And I honor my ancestors. I honor where they came from, but also they worked so hard and then raised a good life for my grandparents and then raised a good life for my parents where now like I can rest. I'm not going to, you know, starve from, you know, taking a nap on a Saturday. And I know that everyone has different places they're at in life. So I don't want to bypass over that. I know we all have limitations. I know some of us are working multiple jobs. I've been there. I know some of you are single parents, sole, you know, providers for the household, struggling to make ends meet. But I promise you, we can allow ourselves to rest in different ways, in different phases. There's always just an invitation to allow ourselves to ask, can I just let this be enough in this moment? Can I let this be enough right here? Can I let what I'm doing be enough? And can I detach from this productivity, you know, addiction of our society that's very much fueled by capitalism? A byproduct of capitalism is feeling we need to be 100% productive 100% of the time or else we're not doing it right, okay? If we rest, we're weak. If we're napping, we're lazy. You have to, quote unquote, earn rest. And spoiler alert, you never really earn it. Just being able to kind of detach from this and again, back to mindfulness and back to the softness is just 
greeting yourself when you notice this coming up and just being a little bit softer. Like maybe you have done enough for the day. Maybe you can go to bed. Maybe you don't have to do that whole to-do list. Maybe you can just read a book for pleasure or doze off under a tree outside. You know, like on a Sunday, maybe you don't have to do all of the things. If you want a great resource for more of that, Nap Ministry on Instagram, they were one of the first accounts that I really saw that was dedicated to reclaiming rest and having rest be revolutionary. And I love their work. So continue to check them out. And of course, I do want to add, we still need to take inspired action in our life, okay? We still need to get shit done. But rest is so important, okay? Rest It's again, going back to our worthiness. We're telling ourselves, you are worthy of rest. You are valuable enough to rest. You have a worthiness that's inherent in you that isn't outcome, that isn't rated by your productivity and quantified in that way. My next and second to last tool for cultivating and building your worthiness is you have to find and determine your values okay? Find your core values. Why do we do this? Because when we develop our values in life, it helps us describe and identify to ourselves what's important. What are our non-negotiables? What are we working towards? What do we want to be in alignment with? How are we going to live in alignment if we don't know our lines? And if we don't define our values for ourselves. We allow others to do it for us, okay? And when we know what our values are, we can stand up for them, we can advocate them, and we can ask for other people to honor our values, which in that moment, you are showing yourself that you're valuable. Just like if you had a really expensive car. I remember actually one of my bosses had a really expensive car and she would like really make sure that anyone who drove it, she's like, no, this is a really expensive car. It's like, I don't, I don't even know what kind of car it was. It was some vintage car her dad gave her or something. And she would really like make sure it was only parked in certain places in the cities, make sure everyone who drove it knew it. And uh, honestly, at the time I thought it was rather obnoxious, but the lesson, the metaphor there is like she spoke on its values so much. So people did treat it like respectfully. And like, if we can speak on our own values over and over again, we're saying to ourselves, like we're worthy of that. We're worthy of saying no when something's not in alignment with those values. We're worthy of knowing like who is allowed to come into our life. You know, what projects are in alignment with us. And it's a really powerful practice. I recommend if you're looking for a way to start this. A few years ago, I read Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. And Dare to Lead, it's very similar to her book, Daring Greatly, but they frame, she frames these themes in a different way. And she does an exercise in the book where she presents a list of a hundred values. And they're super diverse, everything from like accountability, balance, giving back, joy, patience, recognition, travel, wealth. And, you know, the goal of the exercise is to narrow down this large list of values down to your two core values. And it's hard. It's hard to do, but that's the whole point because you'll identify with like them all. Like I, I look at the list and you know, I'm such a freaking mutable sign, Virgo, Pisces. I was like, yeah, I want all those. But the point is, is that you have to find the two that are really important that are your drivers. Okay. And then you can come up with second tier values also. But after you do this exercise and she has you write out the sentence, it really helps you clarify for yourself what your values are and how you identify and how you connect and how you organize them in your life. And it really helps map out your motivation and it helps you be able to explain and express how other people can support you in those values. And it helps you realize what are the no's and what are the yeses. And again, some of these exercises seem so silly or so like simple, but when you do them, I promise you, it's very empowering, okay? So my last tool for understanding you know, and building your worthiness, and why I say building your worthiness or cultivating it, because it's never a done job. I'm sorry, I don't care you know, how many years we get to live blessed to be with on this earth or how much self-work you do or how successful you are. You'll always come up against a block in your worthiness, you know, another moment of, 
that layer of protection, getting confronted. So it's an ongoing practice. It's something you're building and you want to cultivate this and build this because then when life does come at you or someone tries to challenge you on it, you've built that muscle. You've built that bank. You've built your inner values and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, honey, I am worth way more than that. Sorry, not today, not on my watch. So the last tip for building worthiness that has really probably, this is probably one of the ones that's been like the biggest game changer for me because it's probably the one I struggled with the most, but it's about investing in yourself especially specifically investing in yourself in the ways that are going to help you cultivate self-awareness or self-inquiry or help you with your you know healing processes. Like I said in the beginning, especially if you're going through anything trauma-informed, investing in yourself to work with a therapist, a guide, a coach, a hypnotherapist, a, a mental health professional, a embodiment mentor, like just someone who's holding that space for you. This is something that's hard. I know we don't always have the resources to do this, but if you can, we can know what we have to do. Like we know what the steps are. We've read the self-help books, but it's really hard to do it in ourselves. okay? It's like, you ever give yourself a massage? It's like feels okay, but like, it's not great. Getting a massage is different because you can receive. People can find those spots that you can't reach or didn't know about. And it's like a a surgeon. You could be the most badass surgeon in the whole entire world, but you're not going to perform surgery on yourself, okay? Even when surgeons are performing on other people, they do it in a team because there are things they could miss and they need backup and they need people holding space for them. So this work is not solo work. Investing in yourself is important. Again, it's showing yourself that you are your biggest investment. How often do we spend money on other people or things? We just allow every bill, every demand on our money to go out, out the bank, out the window, out the checking debit card, out the credit card before we allow it to go to ourselves. Like, I know I struggled with this for years. I kept wanting to work, you know, with a a business coach or I kept wanting to go deeper in my paths as, you know, studying different spiritual modalities. And I would always just hesitate right before I was about to pull the trigger or something would come up and I'd be like, oh, okay. Because I didn't think I was worthy of it. I was like, who am I? What am I going to invest, you know, $1,000 in myself, $2,000 and I don't know where you're at in life and if that money sounds like a lot or a little, but that was a lot of money to me at that time, like a lot, a lot. And it's still a good chunk of money, but sometimes I wouldn't even be investing in myself like $100 to go do something. And this could range from anything from investing in yourself. This relates to like taking care of yourself, eating well, working out all the way up to working with someone to help you move past these certain blocks. And I promise you, especially working with like a mentor, a guide, or a coach, a therapist, like it pays for itself in dividends. The return on investment on yourself is always worth it. And there is something that shifts in your inherent worthiness when you say, yeah, I'm worth that. I showed up for myself. I promise you. And the last thing I want to say on that, why it's also important is because, like I said, this is not solo work. We're not meant to do this on our own and kind of back to like the rest and the softness element. I think sometimes we think or we can take on the story from society, our family, whoever, that if we need help, that we're weak somehow. That just is not true, okay? We are relational creatures. We are meant to do things together. We are meant to work together. And I think that that is one of the greatest lies, again, of our society. By keeping us separate, we stay weak, okay? And to gain deeper insights to ourselves and our journey, it has to be with others. There are certain parts of our life that are solo journey, but to really move past big blocks and to also then show up to be the person you want to be with integrity and to be of service, it just helps to do it with other people or with a guide. And I talked about our Cosmic Fit Club community. This is one of our intentions of this community is to have it be affordable, a way to you know get together for moon circles and to do fun ritual work. And we have amazing practitioners and healers who do like a, a monthly energy healing with my friend Jamie. And we have 
coaching with beautiful, amazing coaches, Carissa and Erica right now, and we're potentially adding more to the roster. But we did this because the biggest times in my life when I needed coaching, I couldn't afford it. So we aim to keep this membership super affordable. And we also like to have it in community. So that way you can share your experiences again. So you don't have to think that everything that you're feeling is internalized or somehow, you know, pointing to some inherent flaw you have, realizing that we all go through these things together and to have a little bit of guidance, a little bit of coaching goes a long way, okay? It's not weak to need help. It's power to get help. It's power to do these things. And by bringing us all together and doing this work in unity, in a community, it's a true rebellion. It's a true revolution. And you know, stay tuned. We're definitely gonna be opening up more spots or find other people with the internet. People are doing things and making it much more affordable. You know, we don't have to pay for office leases and putting a roof over our head. So if you need help, you need guidance, you set the intention to look for it. I, I promise you something will show up. Okay. So there's so much more I could say about the subject, but for time's sake and trying to keep these episodes to under an hour, that's where I'm going to leave you today. I want you to think about building worthiness. What resonated with you from this podcast? What didn't? And maybe what are the things that you want to do moving forward? What is calling to you? What is speaking to you right now? And I love affirmation work. I love mindset work. And if you haven't, you can subscribe to our free daily affirmations. Of course, I don't have the phone number in front of me, but it's on our link in bios on Instagram. We can put it in the show notes. Affirmation I want to leave you with is just to kind of think about, I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. I am worthy and I am fully resourced by my higher self and the universe. Okay. I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. I am worthy and I am fully resourced by my higher self and the universe. And I love that because the first part allows us just be present to all that is and not have to do more. Second part, I am worthy, done. That's what we're claiming here. And the last part is I am fully resourced. I have everything I need and I will have everything I need because I'm not relying on the outside world. I have everything I need within me and the universe is providing for me in every moment. So my baddies, let me know how you like today's episode. Come find me at I am Maddie Murphy at the Cosmic Rx on Instagram. Slide into my DMs. If you liked this episode, let me know. Leave a rating, leave a review, or share it with another cosmic baddie who may very much benefit from this. And also go to that hotline, ask me your questions, or just let me know other things you want me to cover here. Okay. So until next time, I'm sending you freaking the love and stardust. And I want you to just stay cosmic. Okay. Stay in your power. All right. Love you all. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to the cosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.